Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Find more episodes and subscribe on your favorite platforms. And if you want to learn how to grow great writers, check out writable.com. In this episode, Troy speaks with Andy Shinborn, a teacher of more than 18 years, an author and writing partner of Troy's, a National Writing Project teacher consultant, and the past president of the Michigan Council of Teachers of English. Andy shares the way he uses feedback to guide writers and the importance of feedback in his own writing life. Andy also shares his go-to tip for engaging students, which is having them create a paper proposal as a way to frame the rhetorical situation and launch them into the writing process. So today we're talking with my good friend and longtime colleague, uh, Andy Shinborn uh, from Mount Pleasant High School, uh, right across the street from Central Michigan University. Andy and I have known each other through a variety of roles, including uh, a Summer Institute in 2010 at the Chippewa River Writing Project, and also through the Michigan Council of Teachers of English, and uh, very soon in a new role at the Michigan Reading Association. So welcome, Andy. Thank you, Troy. It's nice to be with you again. Yeah, so I got a little bit of your bio there. Tell us a bit more about your background. Sure, I've been teaching for 16 years now. Um, I, I started teaching in the Metro Detroit area um, and then moved to uh, Mount Pleasant and found myself in a, a different kind of position. I was both special education and gen- general education, so I was able to kind of balance and straddle both of those curriculums, but uh, the reason why I liked those both is because regardless of ability or lack thereof, or maybe more ability that my people may have, um, learning was always the central focus and helping students to learn was always my central focus. So um, as, a, as I worked my way through things, um, spent a lot of time with the writing project, spent a lot of time with um, Michigan Council of Teachers of English, and looking forward to working with the Michigan Reading Association as well. Fantastic. So as you know, the goal of this podcast series is to just get right to the nitty gritty and talk about the teaching of writing. So I'm wondering, what is your go-to strategy? What's one thing that's really working well for you with your kids in your classroom right now? I would say if I have to choose one, the one thing that has kind of surprised me that's working well right now is this idea of asking students to create paper proposals, or in other words, they're proposing to me what it is that they want to write about within the confines of a specific topic. Um, Students have the ability to choose the topic that they want to write about. Um, They also are writing to an authentic audience. So it's not just writing to me or it's not just writing to them. Um, In one case, it's writing to the nerdy book club. Um, And then within that proposal, they're also able to choose not only their focus, how they're organizing their piece, choosing how they want to develop the piece, verbalizing and writing down their specific purpose. So what is their purpose? And that's an important question because I ask students to think about this. If their purpose is to get an A, they may be doing that wrong. Not that getting an A is a bad outcome, but I want to know what their purpose is. Like as someone who is working with them as a writer, it it shouldn't just to get the assignment done, but what is their investment in that? So that's an actually really important part of the, paper proposal. And then at the end, I want to know the so what. So why should people care about that topic that you may want to invest yourself in as a writer? And I found that those paper proposals have been really useful so far this year. That's great. And I know you also use the framework for success in post-secondary writing as kind of a guiding 
well, framework in your classroom? Can you tell how you uh, layer that in? How do you have the kids talk and think about those habits of mind, like curiosity and persistence and flexibility? Well, talking about the paper proposals right off the bat gets into that curiosity mindset. And I want, I want students to do things, not to just do school, but find a way for them to understand learning for themselves and, and use writing as a way to do that. And um, paper proposals also help to provide some of that flexibility. I want students to know, like, even as a writer myself, I want to submit proposals and I get ideas out there, but I also want to have some maneuverability in there as well and not have like really super rigid guidelines. I want to be able to still be genuine to myself and keep agency for myself. But at the same time, I want students to be able to um, kind of work within that and see that I'm working with them too. Um, and then the metacognitive part is pretty interesting that you bring that up. Of course, there are like mm -hmm. I think there are eight different habits of mind, and I'm not going to remember all of them off the top of my head. But as far <laughs> as the metacognitive piece, before students start working on their paper, we spend time sitting down and conferring about those paper proposals. And then I get to hear them in an organic kind of a way, not a pre-planned way, to talk about why they're choosing all those choices that they're doing. So we're doing some rhetorical decision-making as we go, and then they're thinking about their thinking. And I get a whole lot of students nodding, and I can see whether they're really invested in that topic or they're just sort of going mm -hmm. through the motions. And when you see kids get wide-eyed and vigorously nodding as they're talking about their real investment, I know that they have something that they want to talk about. And that makes me excited because as a reader, one of the readers anyway, it's something that I know I'm going to want to read. Because the things that student, that any writer, students or otherwise, if they're excited writing about it, that's going to go through and into their writing. And if I can, if I can get them to do that, then it's going to come through to their audience as well. Right. And just a kind of quick logistical note. So I know that you teach on trimesters and that you're teaching multiple grade levels. Could you just give us a sense of uh, how often over those 12 weeks you might ask your students to create a paper proposal? And at what grade levels are you using this strategy? Sure. Well, I'm currently using the strategy in my 10th grade classes and my 12th grade classes. Um, I teach an AP Lit class, but I also teach a general education class. I also teach a... Um, an SAT prep class for 11th grade, and I've used that strategy there too, thinking about a more, I guess, kind of um, testing-based writing uh, situation. Um, but I, I've taught ninth grade before, and I could use it there too. I, so I see it as something that I've been doing more recently, but what I like about the process is that it helps me see and it helps students see that they're engaged in what they're doing as writers. And um, I think how often would it be used? I guess it depends on, how, on the particular assignment. Right now, we're doing a pretty lengthy assignment considering um, literary theories and uh, Shakespearean plays like King Lear and uh, Macbeth. And so that in itself is a longer assignment. So that takes, maybe we've done it sure. once in six weeks. But for SAT prep, for example, we've done that probably, I would say, one, once a week over the course of the last three. But we're also doing more specific on-demand kind of writing where that's primarily the focus. Yeah, that makes great sense. I completely understand that. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about feedback. Uh, what role does feedback play in your writing classroom, both for you as a teacher and the ways that you provide feedback for students, um, both in terms of the time frame and the technologies that you use to provide feedback? And then also, 
how are you working with your students to help them provide feedback to one another and to build and learn from that feedback that they've been given? As a writer, feedback is essential. I, I can get too close to my writing and I kind of lose the scope and maybe the sequence of what I'm trying to do. And so to have someone else see those and be able to help maybe find gold in the weeds, for example, and pull some ideas out, I find that to be critical for me. Um, but feedback can be given in a lot of different ways. I use Google Docs an awful lot in my classrooms, and I, can't, I, I do give feedback and ask students to give feedback to each other using um, the comments feature in Google Docs. And that's nice, but that's only one way to give feedback. Um, another way that I really enjoy giving feedback is, kind of, is having one-to-one -one conferences. While students are working together in workshops, I'll make my way around and ask what students are doing at that moment and how I can help them. And if they're ready for some feedback, we'll sit down and we'll talk about it in this sort of organic way. And as, we, as I work through that with them, I give them specific feedback right there. And I think the key phrase that I use with them is as a reader, this is what I'm seeing. As a reader, this is what I'm hearing. Is that, is that what you are intending mm -hmm. for, for me to hear and see? Or am I missing something? Or is there something else that perhaps you need to ex extend upon because something's not clear? And those, those types of feedback, I think, are even more critical than the feedback that sometimes happens in Google Docs. Now, all feedback is good feedback as long as it's constructive in my, in my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, because the idea is we want to keep writers moving forward. We want to keep them thinking about themselves as writers and what they can do um, to improve in that way. But to help peers give feedback to each other, that's always really, really tricky because mm -hmm. you could do a number of different things. Maybe you have a rubric. So look at the rubric. Well, the rubric is um, it's very subjective, so it kind of depends on how someone is going to look at that and view that rubric. But um, the number one um, protocol that I've used is uh, David Olio's Critical Friends Protocol, and that's a protocol that I love because it takes one piece of writing that a student has done, and you bring together three people. You bring together the writer and two reviewers. And in that, the writer's piece is front and center, both of the reviewers read the piece. They, I have them read it out loud. And then they have a conversation with each other, just the reviewers have a conversation with each other and share what they're noticing as readers, not what's good and what's bad, but what they're noticing as readers. While they're having that conversation, the writer is taking notes about what it is that they're, do, what it is that they're hearing that actual readers are noticing within their piece. And then the writer is not able to give comments back verbally or otherwise, while those uh, two reviewers are reviewing the piece. Um, and then at the end, when the reviewer is done, the note-taking is done, then the writer has a chance to be able to share back what they're noticing. And what I really like about that style of peer review feedback is it seems to emulate pretty closely my experiences as a, as a writer working with an editor or working with other publications because um, there is that back and forth. You know, but we tend to, and I ask students to focus on what you're doing well first. So it's not about finding grammar mistakes and things like that, but what's happening really well first. And in that vein, I use Jeff Anderson's uh, Two Stars and a Wish, where we think about two things that are really good and one thing that you wish you would have seen or would have known more about as a reader. That's great. So we'll definitely have to get links to the Critical Friends Protocol and some of Jeff Anderson's work in the show notes. I wonder, can you talk about maybe one 
light bulb moment, one aha, or even just a funny little anecdote where maybe you, you saw one student who was in that feedback situation, got some comments from a classmate or a question or something that prompted them and they went, aha. Okay, is there anything that sticks out in your mind as kind of a quick little anecdote to share the success of that protocol? Uh, let's see. Well, I don't know if there was like a specific sort of a, an aha light bulb moment, but it was more of a slow, a slow turning and understanding of being Fair able enough. to recognize. Because when I asked, I would use commonly ask students, so how is that working for you? And I had one young lady respond by saying, you know, it's one thing to hear my, to hear my work read out loud by myself, but when I hear it read out loud by other people, that gives me a better perspective of what it is that, uh, my readers are um, understanding from what I'm writing, and it really cleared things up for her. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad to hear that that's working, and that that seems to be doing well across all your high school classes. Then, from freshmen through seniors, they they enjoy that protocol and that opportunity for the feedback. Yeah, I think so. I think it depends on the assignment and depends on their investment in the particular assignment. But um, when they're invested in it, it certainly works a lot more than when they're not. But that's <laughs> yes, as, as both of us being parents of teenagers, I think we understand that. <laughs> so, well, and in full disclosure, I, I think I might have an idea of what's uh, on your agenda and some things that are, are moving forward since we are fortunate enough to be collaborating on a project right now. But big question here is what fuels you? What defines your work as a writer? What defines your work as a teacher of writing? Uh, how do you enact those values in your day-to-day -day teaching life, which is always busy and ever-changing, and yet I know that you've got some uh, patterns and some things that you try to do to be a teacher-writer, as well as to be a teacher of writing that help uh, keep you going every day. So tell us, what fuels you? Well, the, the number one thing for me, if, I, if I'm going to be a teacher, a teacher of young writers or a teacher of writers in general, um, I learned not too long ago, that I had better be a writer myself and I had better understand what it means to be a writer and to be actively pursuing my own purposes as well. Uh, because what it does is it helps me then in a whole, in a nuanced way, helps my writers see my writers as writers. And you can, you can hear it right in my language because I don't call them my students anymore like I used to. They're writers along with me. And I need that help just from everybody else, whether it's collaborating with you or collaborating with other groups that I'm a part of. Um, writing is a difficult and challenging business. <laughs> and being able to have people who are around you who can support you with that and provide you with ideas are really, really useful. Um, I know for the writers in my classes, I think the one thing that's been useful for me that I've passed on to them is the idea of progress, not perfection. Perfection is the thing that tends to freeze writers up the most. Perfection is the thing that creates that imposter syndrome that a lot of writers experience, where you feel like you're not good enough and your work isn't good enough and who's going to care about what you have to say. But when we change that notion from perfection to progress, that's a light bulb moment that I see for a lot of kids. Because for a lot of kids in school, perfection is a pretty important thing because it turns into a grade. But grades are, don't always – I think grades are kind of the antithesis of what we want to do for writing. I mean, I have never right. – I guess I can get reviewers' comments on writing that I have, but nothing's ever really graded. So 
to think about that and to have students view themselves as progressing has really been helpful. And I know uh, speaking specifically about my SAT prep class, which happens to have a lot of pressure on it as a standardized test anyway. And I have all kids from all walks of life. I have one kid. Oh man, the first time he worked on his thing, he got about a sentence and he was sweating and he was nervous and I said, you know, let's focus on the things that, you, that you're doing well and we'll keep kind of working. We'll have some strategies. Uh, he has one more, one more writing piece to work on with that. But the last one he did, I talked about, remember progress, not perfection. And I just remember seeing him light up, nodding his head, smiling because he had a page and a half worth of writing that he did in that 50 minutes. Wow. Pretty impressive considering where he started at, at one sentence and totally frozen out of the writing process. So just being able to give students that kind of freedom and flexibility to let them know that you understand the writing process and sometimes it doesn't mean nose to the grindstone all the time has been really valuable for my writers and, and for me and my writing as well. Fantastic. And so... We're working on a book project. We're fortunate enough to be uh, under contract with uh, Norton and uh, tentatively have a title of uh, Creating Confident Writers. Anything you'd like to say about that work and um, how, how that process is going for you as a writer and what it contributes to your thoughts about teaching of writing? Well, I think first and foremost, I think everyone should try to do some type of publication in general because... Mm -hmm. Whether it's, whether it's for the book or um, I was recently public, uh, published in Voices uh, from the Middle, um, in those moments, I've learned more about what it means to be a writer and understanding myself as a teacher of writing than I have just by reading, just by reading in general. Um, I think it's that whole act of going through and using writing to learn. Um, that helps me to understand my process better, helps me to understand how to work with students working with you and, and sharing our feedback loops. And then I have um, some other people I work with as well to kind of share feedback loops um, has been super helpful for me because I think without that, it's really easy to kind of give up on the writing and to know yeah. that you can kind of conti continue to move forward step by step. And I've been, <laughs> I've been using with my students as well, Troy, you shared this with me. Um, there are deadlines with writing. And sometimes when those deadlines come, um, your, your piece may not be done, but the piece is due. And that is a nice, gentle, kind way to allow yourself to send it off and, you know, come, come what may. Um, you don't stop your writing at that moment. You continue in another way, but um, right. it does help to be able to get some feedback back that way. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's not done. It's just due. And now I've got a new idea from you. Uh, progress, not perfection. So I'll definitely be sure to use that. Right. And I think that's important to bring up, Troy, because when, when you're thinking about working with peers, right, it's not just that I'm getting something from somebody else. I'm not just getting something from you. But as I'm learning and as I'm growing, my peer might be getting, might be learning something from me as well. And then that that's actually, in some ways, equally, if not more rewarding than just getting ideas from other people because you feel like you're, you're, you're investing and at least contributing in a way that's, that's equal. And so I appreciate that. Yeah, there's some reciprocation there. And I think that is, in many ways, what the writing process is all about. You want someone to be your reader and give them something worth reading. And uh, it always helps to hear that feedback from them too. So 
As always, Andy, wonderful to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking your time today to talk about the teaching of writing. Thank you for all that you do for kids and for our profession. Thank you, Troy. It's been fun. Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Discover more episodes and subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms. Or check out filmed episodes on YouTube. Writable offers more than 600 writing prompts and assignments with a range of feedback and assessment tools to help you build more purposeful, proficient writers. Learn more at writable.com.